Hello and welcome to the Before I Knew You podcast. We are McKenna and Ty. And thank you for joining us. This is a podcast about miscarriage, pregnancy loss, life, and family. So what do you say, Ty? Let's get started. Welcome back to the Before I Knew You podcast. It has been a minute since we've done an episode. Um, I think we just got a little bit busy with life. And I think um, I was doing a little bit of, I don't know, a little grief recently. I struggled a little bit recently, and so I think for my own heart, I just took a little step back from indulging in hard, but we're back. Yeah, I think there's been some other stuff, too, going on. Like what? Like, you got a dog. Oh, slinky dink. We got her. Fantasy football and oh, football yeah. starting up. Yeah. So we are very busy with that. Ty, how many fantasy football teams do you have? I'm doing eleven. Oh my gosh. Um, I have six teams that I'm managing. You have eleven. You've spent a bit more money on fantasy football than I have though. I like it. It's fun. I enjoy it. I have a good time. I think that I enjoy watching football, and my team stinks, the Bears, so might as well make up a fantasy team, try to win. It's true. We In our family, we joke around that football season and fantasy football is the most wonderful time of the year. We very much enjoy football. Yeah, but it means winter's coming, and yeah. I don't like that a whole lot. And my little brother... Danny, who we've talked about before, he is playing football for one of our local high school teams. So I've been spending most of my Friday nights watching him play, which has been super fun. Their team is doing really well this year. So, yeah, but like Ty mentioned, I've been stuck at home watching the playing football with the little kids. Oh, okay. But like Ty mentioned, we got a little dog. And I think we last left off our last episode. We mentioned that we were getting her, um, or at least. So you haven't posted it on Facebook yet? Um, yeah, I posted her. but uh, On the Before I Knew You? I think I did, but oh, I can't remember for sure. But I want you guys to hear me say I got my wiener dog. She is a black and tan wiener dog. She's a mini wiener dog. And her name is Slinky. And she's uh, pretty crazy. She is very mischievous. My grandma calls it antics. Call it what you want. I call it naughty. But we finally got our little wiener dog. And she's sitting with us now. And so if you hear little barks, it's just our little Slinky Dink. She's naughty, and then she runs real fast at times. Then she'll stop, and then she'll run real fast again. The zoomies. <laughs> she poops a lot, little turdies. <laughs> and then, um, but she plays a lot, too. She does play a lot. You finally got your dog that wants to wrestle with you. Well, kind of. Kind of. She's little, but She's she likes there. to play. She's getting there. Yeah, and our poor black lab bear. Just <coughs> gets eaten up and destroyed all day, every day from Slinky. Those little puppy teeth are no joke. I have a little bit of a cough today, too, so if I cough into the mic, I'm sorry. We apologize. Ty and the kiddos have some kind of yucky cold somehow. I haven't got the cold, but enough small talk, enough wasting time. Let's get to it. Today, we are going to tell you a little bit more of um, just kind of our love story about us. Well, yeah, I think we just wanted to tell people more about us so they can get to know us and, you know, know what our lives have been like and then how we met, maybe just kind of uh, 
you know, share that part. Kind of a lighter, you know, little episode, but something we can still talk about. Some of our um, problems. We have problems? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I know that the very first episode we did was um, about us, but we would just kind of like to get a little bit more in-depth about who we are and um, our story. So, um, I was born first. Yeah, they know that you're like 30 <laughs> years older than me. Not 30 years older. Um, let's see, I grew up, I was a pastor's son my whole life. Um, I was a youth pastor for a little bit there. I was working at Home Depot. But my favorite thing to do was play drums. My dad played drums um, when he was younger. And then uh, so growing up in middle school and high school, I started learning drums. And it's my favorite thing to do. Um, uh, I got a couple drum sets and uh, I've been in some touring bands a little bit. Um, Nothing big, no big bands, but just fun stuff that we've had going. Uh, I play in a band right now. Miller Creek Band, shout out. Follow them on the socials. Miller Creek Band. Um, so that's just kind of how I was brought up. I, those are the things I like to do. I like to hunt, and uh, well, we both like to hunt. Because we can tell that elk story later. I don't know if that's something you want to share on a podcast or not. No, we can share that. It's our podcast. So we can do whatever we want. Yeah, it's true. You just have to listen. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I was a... So I grew up, I was born in Gillette, Wyoming. Um, we moved to Pennsylvania because my dad was a preacher there. Um, we grew up there for three or four years, I think. And then we moved to Houston, Texas because my dad had a church there he was preaching at. And then we moved back to Gillette, Wyoming because my dad got a church there. And here we are. And then, so while I was here, I was working at Home Depot. Um, I was still in high school when we moved here. I was a junior, I think, which is not fun moving when you're a junior, trying to learn, meet new people and all that, especially in, it's a culture change from Houston to Gillette, Wyoming. Um, then I worked at Home Depot over there for 11 years, which I already said that. Um, I did a lot of stuff there, Diff- a lot of different departments, real fun. I'm sure you guys are excited to hear about that. Um, while I was there, I was also a youth pastor for probably like five or six years. Um, had some cool kids in the youth group and had a good time. Um, but I'm not one for talking a whole lot. So I didn't really preaching or being a youth pastor wasn't my wasn't my cup of tea. I guess I'm just not usually up in front of everyone talking. I'd rather be playing drums or something. Um, then I, that's when I met McKenna. Uh, we already talked about our blind date a little bit, right? From before. Um, then I got a job. After we met her, we got married. I got a job working out in the oil field. Um, no judgment, please. Um, we have the two kids still. Still? Like something? Like still, they ran away or something? Still here. And the two dogs. And that's the shortest version of my story that I can give you. Um, we'll go in detail, but that's just kind of rough. Overview. Overview. I was born and raised right here in Gillette, Wyoming. Uh, I I left for a brief time to do a mission trip. I've kind of talked about it a little bit in some past episodes. Um, I did a six-month mission trip with a program called Youth with a Mission, um, or YWAM. Um, That was about six months away, but that's the longest that... Uh, I have been away from my home and my family. Um, I do love Gillette. I do love living here. 
I think Gillette kind of gets a bad rap a lot of the time, but I, I enjoy it. It's home. It's family to me. So I do like living here. Um, there's parts of it I like and there's parts I don't like. Gillette is growing. And so there's more things coming into town that can make it a little bit more fun than it used to be. But you also have to use your imagination sometimes. Yeah, there's just not, I mean, there's not a whole lot to do. But if you like hunting or you like fishing or you like the outdoorsy stuff, it's a good place to live for all that. But um, I have also talked about being um, a young life leader. Um, I also worked at Sportsman's Warehouse here in Gillette for, goodness, like three years or something like that. Um, I was working there when I met Ty, and then I went from that to being a mom. Um, being a mom and a wife is everything I want. Um, however, sometimes I do struggle just being home, <laughs> and there not being a lot of things for me to do. Um, so I recently got a job subbing at my mom's school. So I'm subbing from preschool, ages three and four, up to sixth grade. So that's been kind of fun. Been a little change of pace for me. I sub a couple times every other week, probably. Um, but like Ty, I enjoy fishing. I enjoy hunting. Um, we do enjoy camping. We just don't do it very much. It's kind of hard when you have little kids. Okay, so we were dating for only a couple of months. Um, we kind of told you guys this part of the story when Ty told me that he loved me and that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with me. And that pretty much brought up the conversation of spending our lives together. Um, and a few months after that, we were we were met and married in 11 months. So everything was a couple months after this, a couple months after that. But a few months after Ty told me that he loved me, uh, we got engaged, which that was in November. And I will never forget Ty saying kind of giving me the go-ahead to hit up the jewelry stores and pick out some rings. That, that How did that go down? I don't remember. Because well, you, you didn't know I was going to. I didn't tell you I was going to. No, propose. you were talking to my cousin Emma. Oh. And Emma was like, hey, we should hit up the jewelry stores. That's how that went. Did she just kind of like... She came with me to pick I, out the did ring. Did I talk to her one time? I was like, hey, just yeah. take her over there and see yeah. which one she might like. Yeah. So did you know what was going on? Well, of course I knew what was going on. I thought she was just taking you over there just like, hey, let's look at these and see. No, it was very much, McKenna, what ring do you like? And so we went to the one jewelry store and I made a wish list at that jewelry store. And then we went to the next jewelry store and I made a wish list at that jewelry store. And then after that, you got a hold of Emma and you and Emma went to the jewelry store and she yeah. helped you with the one that seems like so long ago. List. I can't even remember. All, all that, that. that is one thing that is very like ingrained in my memory. Like I will never forget Emma and my mom taking me to the jewelry stores to look at rings. That's like a core memory for me. Yeah, I remember I didn't have any money. And the one ring that I got, I don't know if I should say how much it was, but I couldn't afford it. And I was trying to take out a loan and the, that wasn't going through. So I was like, what am I going to do here? And I think, oh, I talked to my sister and she had uh, some money. Um from our grandpa for inheritance or something and we had a little bit for each kid in there so I think I took out some of the money for that for the for that ring so yeah you're welcome 
<laughs> oh, thanks. It was um it was a super fun like I'm not a super girly girl. I'm not really super into jewelry and so I didn't think that I would be a girl that like had like a list a mile long of rings that I liked, but to my surprise, there was a lot of rings that I really, really liked, which also made it super fun because I didn't know what ring I was gonna get. So the night Ty proposed to me, it was just like a surprise for a lot of reasons. So that was super fun. Yep. So you pick out the ring, yada, yada, yada. You buy it. Spend all my money. And then you say to me, we should go on a date tonight. You should dress up. So I wore a dress. Cowboy boots. And cowboy boots. And I think I, what did I wear? Some, you wore some like tan, like jean, not khakis, but they were like tan skinny-ish jeans and a plaid shirt. Glad you remember. I remember I was going to pick you up and then somehow my parents called me and I had to go help watch the kids for a second, my sister's kids. And I was like, oh yeah. I was like, well, I'm kind of busy tonight, dad. (laughs) But it all, I was able to go over there and help out and then just go pick you up. So, the way the story goes, Ty picks me up and he hands me, no, just kidding. Ty picks me up and he says the first place we're going to go to is City Brew because that was where we had our first date. So we drive to City Brew, we get in the parking lot. You hand me an envelope that says number one, City Brew, with a little letter inside with the ring pop stapled to it. You got my order from me, but before you went inside, you grabbed the ring box and you sat it in between us and you said, do not open this. Did you open it? I did not. Are you lying? Absolutely not. Didn't I get? Didn't I have ring pops too? That's what I said. You had them stapled to the envelope. Oh yeah, that's right. So when he says, "When you're inside, when I'm inside, read the letter." So he goes in to order us our coffees. I read the letter. It just talks about this is where I first met you. Blah blah blah. And then he drives us to our next location, which is the park, the fishing lake. Fishing lake. (laughs) Um. And so he hands me again another envelope with a ring pop stapled to it. Not a, yeah, a ring pop stapled to it. You still have these envelopes? I do. I just looked at them a couple of days ago. Gross. And another letter inside, and that letter talked about our very first fight, which we had at the fishing lake. It was pretty brutal. Uh, I was, I was, I think we were both pretty sure that was the end of our relationship, and we were only like a couple weeks in. <laughs> Um. Yeah, she hit me a few times. Oh my gosh! You and always have to make people think I'm abusive. <laughs> it's not me, bro. I didn't hit you. Anywho, should have. Anyways, uh, I read that letter. We talk about how we got through that fight, and we're thankful that we are where we are. Blah blah blah. And then, as we're leaving the fishing lake, he hands me another letter that had a ring pop stapled to to it and it was just like a miscellaneous um just kind of talked more about our relationship and then he drives me to the camplex park and he hands me another envelope with a out a ring pop right you had no ring pop stapled on that one yeah um and he starts the letter out by saying to my future wife, or at least I hope so. So he took me to the place where we had our very first kiss, which that's a story. We can tell that story later. No, we'll leave that story. No, we're going to tell him. No. We're telling him. Be nice to me. Um, And so I read that letter, and it just talks all about how he is hopeful that I'll be his wife someday. And um, then I look up. And there's an aisle lit up with lights leading to the bench where we had our first kiss. There was music playing. There was, like, 
candles and pillows and flowers. It was all decorated, all pretty. And Ty grabbed my hand and he walked me down that lit up aisle to the bench where we had our first kiss. And he got down on one knee and he asked me to marry him. And then right when I said yes, some voices came from behind the bushes screaming and yelling and hooping and hollering. Did you say there was music playing too? Yes. And the lights? Yes. I think my sister did all that. Yep. Then Ty's sister and brother-in-law were there. They had everything all set up. Had the music, had the lights. They came and celebrated with us for a couple minutes. And then after that, so we get engaged. We go out to dinner. We do our thing. Uh, I'm a super big basketball fan. And we have a college basketball team here. And so after we got done with that, I wanted to go to the basketball game. And, of course, meet up with my family because they all knew what was going on. So I meet up with my family. My cousin Emily is there. Um, and so we pull up. We park in the parking lot, and I opened the ring box because I wanted to see the band that went with the ring. There was no band. And then Ty's getting all frizzle-frazzled about that, and I was like, no, it's fine. We'll go find it later. We know where you proposed to me. We can find it. You wanted me to wait till the basketball game was over with. Yeah, I did. Because and I, I wanted like, to go no, watch the game. Let's go get that now. I spent a lot of money on that. And so we go into the game. Well, we get out the car. We go walking in. Ty closes his door and realizes he locked his keys in his car. And that was the first time I ever heard Ty say a bad cuss word. I didn't say no cuss word. Ty was really, really mad. He lost the ring, locked his keys in his car. So Just they. The They had to, my dad and my cousin's husband and Ty had to get his van unlocked. Yeah. Forget how Brad did it. With a shoestring or something. Yeah, it might have been with a shoestring. It was pretty impressive, actually. So we got that, and then we, I think you headed over there, didn't you? Yeah, me and Emily headed over there, and she turned on her flashlight, and I was like, this is right where he proposed, and right when she turned on her flashlight, the ring just started glistening in the sunshine, in the flashlight shine yeah no i was way frustrated because i some reason i opened the door did i throw my keys in because that's when we found out well we were sitting in the car when i opened the box and i was like did like did it come with a band and you were like yeah it's in there and i was like no it's not in here and then i showed you the empty box and then did i throw my keys in the car i don't remember i think i did I think I had him. I threw him in there. I was like, oh, and I got mad, and I was looking all over the place, and then... Slammed the door. I locked the door and shut it, and then I was like, my keys are in there, and then I got mad, more mad. And then we had to wait through the whole basketball game. Not even. Most of the basketball You guys, game. when you got the car unlocked, me and Emma went and found the ring. Yeah, but when we got there, the basketball game was going on, I was like, I need to call someone to figure this out. And you're like, no, just come to the basketball game. And then I was sitting there and I was like, gonna get it. Which isn't that our personalities, Ty? What? I say we can handle the problems later. And you say we have to handle the problems now. Yeah. I just wanted to go have fun and enjoy the night I got engaged. Well, you didn't. And you didn't. Your car wasn't locked with the keys inside. Mine no, but was. my thinking was after the game, we call the locksmith. He comes, unlocks it. We go to the camplex. We get the ring. Everything is fine. Yeah, but then they cost more <sighs> at late. You're just a worry wart. I do worry a lot, and I have anxiety and uh, a lot of mental issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do have a lot of issues. I know. <laughs> okay, so... That is our engagement story. Ty did a wonderful job. It was pretty impressive. It was very impressive. I do got to give it to it's you. It's better than my brother proposing in the back of an ambulance. Yeah, I think you told that story once. I did, but what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, it was probably like, that was like on a Friday night, I think, or Wednesday night, Thursday night, something like that. And you bought your wedding dress like the And then like the next weekend, we went wedding dress shopping because the wedding dress shop here in town had a sale going on. 
and I was super reluctant to go and my mom was like we just like you don't have to try anything on just see if you like anything let's get a feel for the prices and I was like oh I just don't want to do this today and I went and I found this dress and I was like hmm I really do like this dress I was like oh it was like that next weekend I was like I was like hey I bought a wedding dress and you were like oh I I guess we're doing this yeah, well, I heard you were going wedding dress shopping. I was like, already? Am I sure I want to do this? Just kidding. So, that day I bought the wedding dress. Well, I think my grandma bought it for us, but it was like $400. Just bought it for you. It was know. it was a way super cheap wedding dress. But Yeah. Um, then my, well, when was that? November. Doesn't sound right. Okay. Because we got married in March. Is that three months? Yes. Oh, okay. Four months, but yeah. Because then we went up to watch the Rockets play mm-hmm. in Denver, and they beat the Denver Nuggets. Hey, yeah, yeah. The Nuggets won the chip this year, so I don't want to hear it. And your dad was texting me and giving me crap and... Making fun of the Rockets, but, and that's when I bought my suit, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember we put all the money in my account, and then my card got locked down when we got there. Remember that? Yeah. Like, we were going there for the basketball. That was my Christmas present to I Ty. Think I was the broke. Basketball wasn't tickets. I broke again? Yeah, and so then I had the money, and so then I was like, I'll buy the suit. We'll, you know, everything will be fine. And then when we got there, made a couple transactions. We went to the arcade that night. And then the next morning, my card was locked up. And I just banked with like a little local mom and pop bank in Gillette. But you had cash on there or something. I had some cash. And then my grandpa spotted us the rest. Yeah. Because he lives in Denver. So he spotted us the rest since my card was locked down. I could only make transactions up to like a certain amount. So. Gotcha. That was crazy. But, yeah, then we did all that, and then we came home, and so that was, like, December, January-ish, February. That was for your birthday, so it was February. And we get home, and my mom was like, okay, well, you're getting married in, like, exactly one month, so you should, like, start planning your wedding. And I was planning the honeymoon. Yeah, Ty had the easy job. It wasn't easy. I didn't know... I didn't know what we were going to do, and then I heard somebody say, um... Well, originally we were just looking at, like, going to, like, the Nevada, like, going to Nevada to those, like, the mountains up there, and, like, we weren't looking at anything, like, super extravagant. Everything was so expensive, (laughs) but then we saw a cruise, so we booked it. That was epic. (coughs) Um, and so... We pretty much planned a wedding in like two months, I would say. Um, and then. Marriage counseling. Yeah, and we all did that, that fun stuff. And then we got married and we told that story, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, then we went on our honeymoon. Went on our honeymoon. That was fun. Caught um, another baseball game. Went to a baseball game that was two baseball games in one. It lasted, if you know anything about baseball, baseball is nine innings long. And this game that we went to lasted 17 innings. And it was zero to zero the whole game until someone finally scored a run. That was before they had the new rule of putting the runner on second base to start the extra innings. So. Yeah. (sighs) That was a long baseball game. And then we only got like two hours of sleep because we had to catch our flight home. Yep. And we sat right next to the pooper. Did we? Yeah, I don't remember I that. I don't remember that. I do because it stank. <laughs> uh, we were in the back. I must have blocked that out. We were out. in the back of the plane. And I think Oh, it's starting to come back to me. And I just remember it being stinky. Yep, that one person came out and it was rank. And I was like, "Yep, dear Lord, help us all. So then, while we're on our honeymoon... Well, we're on our way to our honeymoon. We're still in the States. And Ty's dad texts us and says, 
are you guys wanting to put in for elk tags this year? And we were like, oh, crap. Yes. So, Ty... We know there's a lot of hunters listening Yeah. to this podcast. So, Ty's dad, so graciously, since we forgot, he did all the stuff for us to put our names into the drawing for the specific area. Area 1. If you hunt Wyoming elk, you know what area that is. And normally when I put in for that elk area, uh, I will just do a cow-calf tag. But this time I was like, you know what? I want to go for a bull, so I want to get any elk tag. So I put in for area 1, type 1. And I drew the tag. That was wild. So Ty and I spent... Yeah, I didn't. And your dad didn't. Yeah, I never gotten a tag there. So, I love to shoot my bow, so I wanted to start the season out archery hunting. Um, So, Ty and I started, we spent, like, all of July, all of, the season starts September 1st, so we spent all of July, all of August, um, going up to that area and checking game cams and scouting and just kind of getting a good feel for multiple areas within that area. And then September 1st rolls around and we meet Ty's dad at the camper. And as we're, well, we meet him and we drive there to the camper. But, and I remember as we were driving to the camper, we looked up on the ridge and there was a bull elk standing there looking down on us. And I remember saying, it's a good sign. That's a good sign. And if, and if that's the only elk I see this weekend, I'm going to consider it a success because if you know anything about elk hunting, you don't always see elk or hear elk when you're elk hunting. My dad was like, should we go up and get it? Yeah, but it was like... I was like, Dad, the season... The season hadn't opened yet. Season it was so getting smart. dark. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he got too excited. So we got our camp set up, and then I, I put the target out, and I'll never forget. I put the target out. I go back 30 yards, fling my first arrow, and I miss the target. I'll never forget that. I was like, oh, boy. I was used to seeing you miss the target. The, so. Oh, my gosh. What? Okay, let me toot my own horn for a second. I'm a fine archer, thank you. You just said you missed the whole target. One time. Oh, once? You've never missed it? I probably uh, missed it. A lot. I probably did, but I just specifically remember, I was like, I'm going to do five practice. I was going to go through my five arrows, do five practice shots, make sure I'm still dialed in, and my very first arrow, I missed the target. It's not how you do the practice. It's what's like when you're in live action. And I'm sure your dad was like, oh, this is going to go well. And you did good in live action. I don't think you've missed one yet, have you? No, I have not. But anyways, so we get up early the next morning, and Ty's dad is a phenomenal elk bugler caller. So we walked down the road a little bit, and he let out a bugle just to see if we could locate any bulls and right when he lets that bugle rip one one returns the call so we went and got set up where we wanted to start the day and we were probably sitting there for like 10 minutes 15 minutes or so and your dad let out another bugle and then one answered back and just came ripping through the trees and we, you missed it. Oh, my gosh. We couldn't see it for a while because it was in the trees. We were kind of set up in a triangle a little bit. Ty's dad was sitting in front of us looking at us, and we were looking kind of like up where the elk was going to come from. And the elk came walking in, and Ty's dad just so happened to be in the worst spot possible. Because I couldn't shoot the elk because it was right behind his dad. And so the elk came in. He kind of hung around for a little bit. Your dad couldn't see it. We weren't expecting him to go that way. That's why he kind of... We were expecting. I'm not coming down on him. I'm just saying it was like no, it was just just the way it happened. No, but I'm just saying that's not where we thought he was going to come through. We thought he was going to come in. The opposite side. <laughs> the, on the field, yeah. yeah. So um, I ended up not being able to get a shot on him just because he was just hanging out right behind Ty's dad. But then the coolest part is he ran up on the hill 
and your dad kept calling back at him and he was just barking and bugling and it was like we we had the perfect view of him and it was early in the morning and when this elk was bugling you could see the steam rolling out of his mouth you could see his ivories when he when he opened his mouth and started bugling he was barking at us he was chirping at us he was letting out just like some massive bugles it was incredible and that probably lasted 15 minutes um, and then he took off. But that day we called in, was that, was that four bull elk we called in that day, Ty? Um, I think because you called in that one, the really big day? one. Yeah. We had the two little ones, that one, and then the really big one. Is this after my dad left? or? Well, the big one and the two little ones were after your dad left. Yeah, I don't remember how many we called in the first day. Oh, well, I'm pretty sure it was like four. Um, So it was just like, it was wild. They were bugling all day, and it was just like the most insane, perfect day of elk hunting. I didn't get to shoot an elk that day, but just the way the elk were answering, it was just, it was crazy. And if you're an elk hunter, that's like a dream come true. So Ty's dad goes home because he has to preach the next morning. So Sunday morning, Ty and I wake up, and I tell Ty, I want to start this day out exactly how we started out the day before. So we did. We went back to the same spot. We let out the bugle, and he answers us, and it's still we're set up, and it's still dark. And all of a sudden, we hear something coming through the field, heading to the water hole that we're sitting by. And we just hear the elk like giving himself a bath. He's just splashing in the water. It's still dark. We can't see him, so we can only hear hear him giving himself a bath it was so crazy um then we it was pretty cool because it wasn't it was quite still dark it wasn't shooting time i don't think but you could we knew he was there and it was just sometimes hunting can be boring when nothing's going on but when you just get set up and then you hear it and you're like it was just the whole time was exciting so so i remember we had a because we heard him go back up he got done in the water he went back up into the trees and we had a really quick discussion like it's not quite daylight yet how do we keep him around um so ty just kind of started letting out some cow calls and the bull just hung around and he let out another cow call and he just came crashing through the trees and it was like just at shooting light my peeps were lit up just perfect and plopped him he came in and i i told ty i said you're gonna have to hit the cow call to stop him so that i can get the shot off so he came in on the trail the same way he came the morning before and ty hit the cow call real quick and i just randomly super fast in my head guessed 30 yards and so i drew back and i let the arrow fly and he took off out of there a thousand miles an hour and I was like oh I missed him yeah he ran up on the hill he kind of like went the long way around like he kind of half circled us a little bit and I was like like he looked like he ran looked like he ran fine we could tell you hit him I wasn't even sure I hit him but we looked for the arrow we looked for blood we couldn't see him and so we decided to go back to the camper and wait a little bit I was I remembered the arrow hitting him You kept saying, you hit him, you hit him. I'm like, I just don't think I hit him. So we went back to the camper for probably an hour or so. And we went right back to where um, I shot. And we just retraced all the steps. Then we got up on the hill where he ran to. And I got my binoculars and I started looking. And I was like, oh my gosh. There he is. He was dead elk. I killed him. And then the work began. Yeah. And then we never quartered an elk, so we were trying to call people and figure out. Well, we pulled up YouTube. (laughs) And we pulled up YouTube. Yeah, on top of the mountain trying to get service. It wasn't that bad of uh, carrying it out. I mean, it was still like a lot of work and it sucked. But But it wasn't that far from As the crow flies, he was close to the road, so. It was just kind of down the steep hill a little bit. We just had to. It was probably like 150 yards, but you had to take, we took like two trips each, three trips. Yeah. But that was super fun. That was, that's a core memory for me with Ty and his dad. 
shooting my very first bull elk with my bow. That was super, super fun. Um, but yeah, then shortly after that, um, is kind of when we started to want to start our family. Um, and we've kind of told that part of the story to you guys before, just how it took us a really long time to get pregnant. And then, um, we had the miscarriages and then we had our little Emmy May. At Emory. And then, uh, we went to, I don't know, I guess I was just sharing vacations or just stuff. That we went to Hawaii and we made a baby. Went to Hawaii. It I was an accident. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah, and then we got pregnant with Callie, baby number two. But let me backtrack really quick. By the time this episode comes out, our little Emery will probably be three years old. Her birthday is on September 25th. Yep, she's having a Mario Toy Story Monsters, Inc. birthday party. Yes, the three things that she is so obsessed with right now. And our big, she calls it her game, but it's an iPad. And she has one, but they destroyed it. They didn't destroy it. Someone destroyed it. Who destroyed it? Eva. Oh, Eva destroyed it? Our old dog. Remember, she stepped on the screen and it cracked the screen? Oh, maybe. So we got her one of those, and she's going to love it when she gets it. Yep. Going to have a little birthday party for her. So, yes. Um, then we had Callie. Uh, and she's just a mile a minute, that girl. And then uh, got pregnant. We got pregnant with Millie. We lost Millie. And then got pregnant again a little bit after losing Millie. And we had a miscarriage. Um, so that was just kind of like a super crash course to lead us up to where we are now. Um, but I would say now we are probably more in love than we've ever been going through the hard things that we've had to go through. Um, just having to fully 100% rely on each other. Um, when I'm weak, Ty is strong and I... I very much rely on his strength and his resilience to get me through a lot of days. Um, and kind of like I started out the episode, um, it was just kind of a, I've just kind of been, I think, in a little bit of a funk since um, doing Millie's memorial and having all of that. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of life going on with like, you know, the kids are starting to get want to do stuff and, you know, we're trying to work and provide and I'll take care of the kids. And, you know, you still get in these things where you don't some of it may be a good distraction, but sometimes you don't have that time. But it's only a distraction. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but sometimes you don't have that time to grieve or when you do grieve, it's it's a little more because you can't find the time to grieve or process process or whatever so but we're you know it's we're we're doing good yeah and it is a process i mean i i think um it's safe to say that you wake up and you have to literally take it like day by day you can't just expect tomorrow to be good because today was good um and while also just like so desperately wanting to have another baby, but also allowing ourselves time to heal physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, it's just been, it's been tough and it's been hard. And I shared a little bit in one of our episodes about how I got diagnosed with depression after we lost Millie. Um, and so also just trying to take hold of my own mental health and figure out ways to heal and um I'm I'm on antidepressant medication and my goal is to be off of it I don't have a time frame of when I want to be off of it but I don't want to be on it anymore um and so just working on healing and relying on God to be my strength and my healer and trusting that he knows and that he has 
our best interest at heart. Um, though sometimes it doesn't always feel like it. Um, but we're, we're trudging and we're getting through. And, um, like I mentioned, we, I guess I so desperately want another baby. Um, so also dealing with the emotion that comes along with that and, um, trying to give myself ample time to heal, but I feel like I'm fine and I just want to have another baby. So there's that. Yeah. And I guess we get busy too. And I'm trying to figure out, like, I don't know how it's really going to be when our kids get older and we got to go drive them to all these places. And, you know, I'm doing the band and you're doing Young Life and working too. And we're doing the podcast. And there's just a lot of stuff and, you know, life. So <clears throat> that kind of, I guess, can lead us into the end of this episode. But, um,. When I very first started this, when we very first started this podcast, my goal was to bring out an episode every single week. Um, and I, we did really well for a while with that. Um, but realizing very quickly that that, I mean, this isn't like our full-time job. And so that isn't exactly um, possible to do an episode every single week. So just bear with us. Um, we'll have episodes out as frequently as we can. Um, but are still very much enjoying doing the podcast. Um, and it's kind of, it's, it's brought people to me who I didn't even know existed. It's brought stories to me, to my attention of people I knew, and I didn't even know that they were going through those things. Um, and so it's been really fun for me too, to kind of rekindle some friendships and, um, like the episode we did with Havely, I, I had no idea that Havely's story was what it is was what it is um and i'm i knew her so that leads me to say we are still wanting to have people on our podcast so reach out if you want to be on um and i will start reaching out again to people who have told me they want to be on um the podcast and we can start doing those interviews too i really enjoy interviewing people and sitting down with them and hearing their stories and hearing how they feel and how they process and go through the grief and the hard um but yeah all that to say we're still having fun we still love doing the podcast it's just we've life been, is a little bit busy sometimes yeah we've been busy but no like i think her story was you know i don't want to say cool but it was like you know i appreciate her sharing her story and taking the time and it's not easy sharing a story you know like that and i know lots of people have stories like that and a lot of people can uh it, I have a friend who's really close to me who's going through loss at the moment of a uh, the baby passed away in the womb. Oh yeah. So just there's a it happens a lot. Yeah, it's not it does. It happens way more than people notice or think. I know when I was growing up I mean I would hear people would have that stuff but it never really like dawned on me that it happened so much or i always thought it was just a rare thing never thought you'd be a victim of it i always thought well they're lifting too much heavy stuff you know something like that or like Havely said when she mentioned putting her gloves on to clean her kitchen counter they're dealing with chemicals or whatever like you just never yeah you, just you never think that it would be i never thought that our story would be this yeah. And and to this day, like I was talking to one of my friends today, to this day, like I, I have a really, really, really hard time wrapping my head around the fact that this is our story. And I still sometimes just, today I just went through like a little like 30 minute thing of just like, I was so angry, so angry at loss and so angry at miscarriage and so angry at babies having to be stillborn and I just cannot wrap my brain around these things happening to us and to people that I love and that I care about um 
just, uh, I haven't told you this yet, Ty, but just a couple nights ago, um, I went to sleep thinking, of course, very heavily about wanting to have another baby, wanting to get pregnant again. And then I woke up in the middle of the night and I was just like overcome with this overwhelming fear of like, I don't want to get pregnant again because I don't want to have to go through loss again. Um, and then I woke up the next morning and I was still feeling kind of like shook up from just like the fear that I was feeling in in the middle of the night. And I was like, man, this is just like so out of left field because I, in this whole entire journey of us growing our family, I have never felt that kind of fear. Like we get, we've talked about how when we get pregnant, when we get a positive pregnancy test, it's like, it's a scary thing. But I have never been so overcome with fear as I was a couple nights ago. And I, like I, I have, I feel like I have been so positive and I've said to you so many times, like I truly feel in my heart of hearts, I have so much peace that the next time we get pregnant, everything is going to be okay. And so that's just kind of been like my, my motto the last few months is like, everything is going to be okay when we get pregnant again in God's timing, everything is going to be perfect. So being overcome with that fear, I was just like so confused. Um, and I'm in a Bible study and one of the questions in the Bible study, um, that morning was what is an area in your life that you tend to have a lot of anxiety about? but what does God say about it? And I was like, oh my gosh, this could not be more spot on. Like the thing that I'm having the most anxiety about right now is having another baby. And God says I'm in control and I know, and I have the perfect plan for you. And just resting and realizing that's true, that God does love us no matter what no matter our circumstances. Um, so yeah, just a little bit of vulnerability for you for a second, just how the emotions come and go, and I can be doing really, really good, or I can, at the flip of a hat, just be really sad for a second, or really overcome a fear, or whatever. Anxiety, or... Yeah, it's a tough one, and I mean... Just trying to figure out what's best for us and how we... There's not really a good way to overcome it, I guess. It's just time and, you know, just praying and, and dealing with God about it. You know, I think that's just how it's just going to be when we're dealing with it, you know? Today I was laying the girls down for a nap and we sleep train our kids so laying our kids down for naps and bedtime is super fast super easy for us we just put them in their cribs and close the door and they go to sleep um they don't snuggle they don't do anything like that and um today I was I got Emery laid down for her nap and then I went into Callie's room to pick her up and right when I picked her up to put her into her crib she just like folded her arms under and laid her head down on my shoulder and just kind of like got all like snuggled in like she just wanted to snuggle me for a second I just wept I was crying so I'm about to cry right now about it like it's just crazy how like they don't really know our circumstances they don't really know like the things that we're going through, but somehow she knew that today my heart needed just like a really quick snuggle. And um, just like how bad I want to snuggle a newborn baby and how bad I want to raise another baby. Um, she just kind of fixed my heart for the day. And we've shared stories about our little Callie and I mean, she's just, she's wild. She's so wild. Um, she's just not like a super sweet, cuddly girl. She's just, she's a bulldozer. 
And so the fact that she just wanted to snuggle in for a little bit was, it fixed my heart. It did my heart good. These are, these are tears of joy. It's not, I mean, I am sad. I do want another baby, but just the way she, she fixed my heart. Yeah. They do make it, I don't know, they're funny. They do make it, um, they can make you have moments of, you know, I don't know what the right word is. Frustration? No, like a joyous, like a, like a, make your heart happy, you know, kind of like Slinky does for you. Yeah. Slinky has brought a lot of joy too. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I mean that's why we want to do this podcast too and I know we've said this a bunch of times but people telling their stories there's comfort in there and there's knowing that people go through and struggle with this and knowing that there's community and people can tell their stories. We've had people want to just share their story uh on uh our anonymously. anonymously on Facebook just tell us their story and uh you know they want us to read it and we're we're going to do that. So we're open to whatever. Anybody has something they want Throughout there, we want to create this community. Community, like we've always said, and we want to make something where people can contribute into it. But so, please, 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 please reach out. Please message us. Yeah, if you know somebody, or you know someone who works at the hospital, or does some of that stuff, and whoever you know, people have stories on all sides of this thing, and um, you know, we just we want to create this community, and that's kind of why we wanted to just share a little bit more of our story, so you guys can get to know us and get to know. You know, what we're about, what we love, what we're, it's not always, you know, we don't always have to, this podcast is more than, than it's a family oriented, um, life oriented. We're going to have fun episodes. We're going to have sad episodes. We're going to have a lot of different stuff. So, um, you know, even if it's a story, not about, it's just about loss of somebody you love too. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be just, you know, a baby, a baby or whatever. So. We're, we're, we want to, we want to, you know, just see where this goes and see how we can help people. That's really what this is all about. And we're still new and we're still learning and we're still trying to get a feel for what you guys want. And so if there's something that you guys want to hear or something that you want to hear more of, or we could do better in a certain area or whatever, just let us know. We, we're open to the constructive criticism and the opinions and yeah well we don't want to be one of those podcasts that's like overproduced we we know we're not the greatest at recording and microphones and there's little you know we don't have the best stuff best equipment or you know even stuff that happens in recording or whatever but we just want it to be real and we don't want it to be like you know way overproduced and everything has to be perfect we just want to have a conversation and you know people can come on here and say what they want and you know um we want it to be a free space where there's no no judgment either you know the just a a real fun and not fun you know little community we have we just get we get better at life and better at 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 uh living and understanding and grieving with each other and happy times too so and even if you don't want to share your story on the podcast but you're struggling with getting pregnant or you're struggling with loss or whatever I mean I'm not going to say that we're professionals and that we know everything and that we will have the perfect answer but if you just need somebody to talk to or a little bit of encouragement or whatever just message us and and we would love to meet up with you or just message with you or whatever. Um, We're open to helping people and creating friendships. So I would say with that, we will wrap this one up. It was good to be back and hopefully we will have another good episode for you in the very near future. Remember to like, subscribe, do all that. Write a review on wherever you listen. Yeah, please do. It helps people see this when it pops up more. All right. We are the Before I Knew You podcast. Bye.